point, this business was close to a $200 million business, and wow. now it's about a $75 million business. And it just intrigued me. Why is that the case? How could this, this robust business be where it is today, and how can we take it to the next level? Hey everyone, Kirby here for Delivering Marketing Joy. I just wanna say thanks for listening and however you found this podcast, whether someone shared it to you or whether you found it on a review, please feel free to pay that forward. I wanna spread the word and this is how we spread it. So feel free to get some good karma and spread Delivering Marketing Joy to those around you. Now, enjoy the episode. Well, hey there, and welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hosman, and joining me today is a returning rock star, and I'm super excited to dive into the topic today. He's the co-CEO of Myron and an investor as well. Jeff Letterer, welcome back to Delivering Marketing Joy, man. Happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> cool. So I, I got the opportunity to listen to the ASI interview with Chris Ruvo, um, and that was really cool. But for those who didn't, for those who've been living under a rock and didn't know, you know, you're back in the industry with Myron. So can you tell us how that came to be and what brought you back to promo and the marketing space? Well, it, somehow promo keeps drawing me back in. <laughs> and, you know, it's been three years since I left uh, Prime and Alpha Broder. I sold the business in 2017, stayed there for three years. And then for the last two and a half years, was just looking for different opportunities in and around the industry, uh, outside of the industry. And I invested in a business called Premium Square in Europe. So it's a supplier business in Europe. And I continued to just try to look for opportunities. And this opportunity for Myron came up and I was intrigued by the opportunity. I was intrigued by what we could do with the business, how we could turn it around and, and really have it as this clay that we could mold into what would be really an interesting business. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And and I've seen, uh, as I mentioned, other conversations um, where you talked about turning Myron around. So why do you think that's an, why do you think that drew you? Why is that such an interesting challenge for you and what, what's most exciting? I love solving problems. I love bringing people together putting puzzle pieces together. And sometimes when you can see what the problem is in a lot of cases and knowing what the solution is, it's, it's a fun puzzle to, to solve. And right. in this case with Myron, there was some really interesting opportunities. It was had a lot of similarities to my old business prime that was on the supplier side of the business. There was a warehouse production, customer service, order entry art, supply chain, the whole thing. And, and, but I noticed some patterns of things that I knew that I worked on in my business that were successful. Culture was important, bringing people together, communicating well together, having the right software, being forward thinking. And I noticed a few of those things that admire had broken down because at one point this business was close to a $200 million business and wow. now it's about a $75 million business. And it just intrigued me. Why is that the case? How could this, this robust business be where it is today and how can we take it to the next level and and there's some great stuff about the business myron and you know i was able to to know that if we put some of the best practices in place it was something that we could turn around pretty you know nothing's easy but pretty easily yeah. and, and 
and use some of the playbook that I've done in the past, my partners have done in the past, and things that work in the business. Put it all together in a focused way, and it seems to be something that we'll be able to to make um, a successful business again. That's I I totally understand the idea, and I think those of us who are entrepreneurial in nature, uh, solving problems. I mean, that's what you do, right? You you started the business to solve a problem, and then I, one of the things I joke about Jeff is that I think people believe that once you're successful, you don't have problems. And it's really the opposite is true. You just get the opportunity to solve bigger and interesting, you know, more interesting problems. So I, I know it's early in the process, but can you talk about some of the things that you've implemented so far and how they've been received? Yeah, sure. First of all, we looked at expenses across the organization and realized there's a lot of expenses and legacy uh, services that had been put into place. So the first thing we're looking at is all the expenses in the business to determine what doesn't have to happen for a $200 million business or $180 million or 150 or hundred, there's certain infrastructure that's put into place that isn't necessary when you're $75 million and maybe not making the money that we should be making. So the first thing we did is look at the expense structure across the organization. And we're continuing to do this. It's only been about a month right? and we're reducing expenses where we can, where it makes sense. The other thing is we've, uh, uh, starting to contact any vendors because the payment terms have been pretty long with this business who've had uh, a bit of a shortfall on cash. And so now we're working with those vendors to reassure them that you're going to get paid. We just need a little bit more time behind us as we turn this business around. So we've worked on that. We've also looked at some of the reasons why the sales have declined a bit. There was a model of doing mailings and acquiring customers a certain way. So we're looking at exactly how to do that. We've made those changes in some cases, but it's a work in progress, but to drive more revenue in a more efficient way. And so we're putting some of those best practices into place. We're also, we just renewed our um, focus on our ERP and trying to convert that over because it's kind of half implemented right now and we're moving forward with that. So we're looking at all aspects of the business, including expanding out the different vendor base that we're working with and working with uh, tighter with dropship vendors and suppliers. Um, some of my old, uh, my old business and competitors, my old business yeah. and focusing on ways to expand out the product range for the dropship side of things, as well as what we inventory and print in our own facilities. Hmm. So a lot packed into the last month, but we're, we're in a rush to make this happen. I'm, a little bit older these days and, and don't have the same patience I have, you know, waiting five or 10 or 15 years to, you know, I want to get this thing immediately turned around and, and, uh, you know, make a, a pretty uh, quick impact to this business. Yeah. And if you don't mind, I'm just curious, like, like Myron has been a different business model than the traditional distributorship, right? So what's that mix of traditional distributorship business versus the stuff that Myron actually manufactures? So whether Myron manufactures it or not, the, the business itself is such a hybrid integrated business that there's really maybe three, four or five other companies out there like this. Mm. Uh, and it is not only the manufactured side of things where we import products, mm, okay. put them in our warehouse, imprint them on demand for an end user, okay. but there's also an organization behind it that powers getting the, the leads getting the customer acquisition. We've got a team of salespeople all over the world, Toronto, Germany, 
Honduras focused on driving opportunity. And so it's just, it's that engine that's different than a typical distributor model. We also have within this uh, hierarchy, a pure sort of distributor play going after more corporate accounts. But I think the fact that we have this integrated model where we can do different services within our, our footprint, whether it's packaging, printing, fulfillment, warehousing, as well as servicing on a sales side and the supply chain side, we're a really interesting model in the sense that not only could we sell to the end user, but maybe some distributors who need some of those services, both domestically here in the States, but also in Europe, we can help service them as well and not be the typical distributor or supplier because we're not going to be that basic and typical company because of how integrated we are. That's really interesting, Jeff. I appreciate you, you, you diving into that. Final question for you. Um, as you grab your crystal ball, right, uh, what are some predictions you have for 2024 and beyond, you know, with, with Myron, with the industry, whatever? Um, sometimes I, I know that sometimes it's such a tough question, but I'm curious to see what your vision is for the industry moving forward. Yeah, I think there's going to be on the quote distributor side, the end user side of the business, there's going to be these integrated models like I've mentioned a few times yeah. where you have different products and services that you can offer in a pretty unique way to the end customer. And I think we're positioned to be able to do that. You're also going to have the supplier side of the business because it's necessary, but you'll see more integration of those supplier businesses as we're starting to see now. Mm -hmm. Some of the larger players need to continue to grow and the way to grow is by larger companies. There's mm -hmm. not a big universe of companies these days to acquire between I don't know, 30 and $100 million on the supplier side, just a small universe. Therefore, in order to scale the business, to get up to the $500, $600 billion supplier side of the business, there's going to have to be a ton of roll-up or integrated in a different way. So that's going to continue to scale, but it doesn't have a huge amount to scale because there's only a few large players unless those players start to merge, right? And then you have these mega, mega suppliers, right? Yeah. That's the side. On the distributor side, you're gonna see lots of companies offering different services that are gonna be unique and it's not gonna be one shoe fits all. And I think mm -hmm. that's yeah. how we're gonna see it, but you're still gonna see the distributor supplier and user model in so many ways. Yeah, I, I, I that, that kind of fits in with what I, continue to envision as well, Jeff. So I appreciate your your perspective on this. Well, I'll tell you, it, it, this is really interesting. I loved your interview with Chris and I, I, I'm super excited to kind of continue to connect and kind of see what you do with Myron. I'm really curious about it. So I appreciate you taking a minute to talk to me. My pleasure. Looking forward to connecting again and uh, excited to be back in the industry and, and focusing on uh, building uh, a new mousetrap. That's, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll do it again sometime. That's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy, bud. We'll see you next time. Deliver.